0: Hi, welcome to Millennial Mom. I'm your host, Maria Fairfax, and today we're doing part two of To Hell and Back with Corey Schmick. Corey Schmick's journey from the depths of despair to hope to becoming a visionary artist, spiritual teacher, and energy intuitive. He is a guide to those souls, those of us who are awakening to our own, through our own spiritual process. Thank you, Corey, for coming on my show again.
1: You're welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: I just want to start off today talking about um, for those people that maybe didn't listen to part one. Can you tell me more about your experience uh, when you were 21 and you had your psychic break from reality, and tell me more about the spiritual awakening?
1: Sure, sure. I I would love to. So, for those yeah that didn't hear part one of the story, uh, we set the context and I guess some framework roughly for from the last. Previous 15 years of my life. And when I was a senior in college, I had what classic psychologists call a psychic break from reality. And um, it's very interesting to talk about it now because I have this awakened perspective. I have a relationship now with God as I understand God for myself. I have a relationship uh, with Christ. And some other views that I have, but during the time that I was 21, I had no relationship with a higher power with God or however you understand that concept. So when I had this psychic break from reality for people listening, it was a total destruction of everything that I previously knew or how I experience reality to be. In one moment, my whole world completely changed into this new experience. So a feeling of maybe going on vacation or some type of excitement in your life, that was how this felt, but amplified times 10. So it was just extreme enthusiasm for life. It was just this feeling of wellness that over took my entire being it just permeated out of my pores like I was just exuding this energy and people noticed not even by the actions I was a little um, flamboyant and of course I was you know excited because I was having this awesome experience I just didn't know what was happening but people were like what's going on like they were drawn to me I was saying all these illuminated uh, concepts. I was talking right. about like the theory of relativity and just all of these things were happening. So the psychic break from reality was entering into this new state of being. And I had no context to put that in. So-
0: Now, this, let me yeah. just ask you, as this was happening, now you have hindsight to know that this is what was happening. But as it was happening, what were your feelings and what was going on around you at the time?
1: So my- My feeling was that I finally reached this state of enlightenment. And um, when I say finally reached this state of enlightenment before this, I always had this underlying feeling that there was something more to reality. It was like, it was like this, um, you know, thorn in the lion's paw, so to speak, but I just didn't know what that was. I didn't know what that more to reality was. It was just this deep, you know, poking in the side of my rib, like there's something more to reality, but I didn't know what that was, and I was just a regular college kid, you know, drinking and partying. But underneath that was this um, uneasy feeling, I okay. guess that there there's just got to be something more to life. There has to be something more, and um, but I wasn't exposed to religion. I wasn't exposed to spirituality, so I was literally there. I was not on a path to, you know, find, you know, spiritual enlightenment. I wasn't doing any type of spiritual practice. I didn't have God in my life. So you could say, you know, I had no way of getting there. And in the moment of the course of like a week, I felt like I fully experienced this enlightened state. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because I want to talk about, you know, what is spiritual awakening? Okay. You know, everybody has, I guess, their own subjective experience about what spiritual awakening is. But what I wanted to br- roughly, roughly uh, teach on, I guess, today for people that you know are kind of wondering what it is, I would say that from wherever you're at, whether you don't believe in God or whether you do believe, or you know, it's it's kind of this. Uh, subjective experience, right? Of this, I would say it's your own personal experience with waking up to the divine, and and what that means is the divine realm, the spiritual realm, you know. And in that realm, you know, God is included in that. There's there's figures included in that, such as Christ. There's there's angels in the spiritual realm. We have Archangel Michael. There's a lot of uh, beings in this other realm and spiritual awakening is waking up to all of these truths that otherwise were hidden to you before this. So spiritual awakening is waking up, I guess, to your spiritual nature, getting out of your ego as Maria Fairfax, as Corey Schmick, as these little personalities that we have. It's waking up and kind of understanding that you're a lot more, than just this personality
0: gotcha all right so so here you 21 you have the psychic break from reality you went into uh what it looked like from the outside world how they reacted to it um because from a clinical psychological perspective it was you were labeled uh from that point on
1: yes yes and that was very detrimental and I'm glad, I'm glad that you brought that up because that's something that I wanted to kind of talk about was um, from, a, from a clinical standpoint, you know, these things, these things happen and they're not, they're not like a normal thing, but they're not abnormal, if that makes sense. So things like this happen, you just don't hear about them a lot because usually people don't make it out of these things. When this happens to people, usually they remain in mental hospitals because they've had this psychic break from reality. And it's so, it, it's so life-changing that many people stay heavily medicated. Many people are in psychiatric facilities right now all across the country that are trying to get out of this or get off of these drugs that modern pharma just gives you because the Western medical establishment has no context for these types of experiences. They don't understand it. So they immediately label you bipolar, ADHD, um, you know, manic depressive. And my question was, why? You know, they, they told me, oh, it's a chemical imbalance. But I'm like, well, why? Because what I, if that was a chemical of imbalance of what I was experiencing, how was that bad? And that's what I didn't understand. They're telling me that you know this experience that I had was a manic episode and now I'm bipolar and you're gonna get depressed and all these things. And then they just loaded me up with all this medication. But my whole question was always, well, why was that bad? And I truly believe that during that state, I was a much better version of myself. I mean, I was, I i felt like I was a spiritual being, you know, before that I was just this little ego college kid that was going out partying and, you know, my life consisted of you know, trying to make it to class on time. Maybe if there was a cute girl in class trying to talk to her and get her to go to a party or something, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. that's who it's I was. About, it's
0: all about you,
1: right? It was it's all like about weird. me. And then in a the blink of an eye, like I was like, I felt literally like I was, you know, a spiritual um, being, a spiritual being. Well, it being. was interesting
0: because in part one you talked about you felt connected to everything. Yes. Yeah. Prior to that, you know, like you said, everything was revolving around you. Getting to class on time. Let me, you know, maybe if I talk to the girl going to a party and then yeah. you know, the spiritual awakening is you feel connected to the trees. I think you said you felt connected to everything. Yeah. And I, I agree with you when you talk about pharma and how everybody's medicated and drugged and doesn't get out of it because there's no, you can integrate this. And that's what I, I love about you is that you've integrated this experience and have become this visionary artist and have become this teacher and have, and, and it, but most people don't do that. So I want you to take me through your process of how you were able to integrate it, integrate this into the person that you are now, where you are a leader, where you are a teacher, a spiritual teacher.
1: Okay. So thinking about how that integra- integration took place was, a long, arduous process, very painful, um, riddled with confusion, massive amounts of confusion, despair, drug addiction. And a pinnacle moment in this was acceptance, surrender, and trying to find the truth about you know, what happened and the truth about reality. And what happened was, I was, I guess, blessed. I had a very bad experience, and I got um, sentenced to six months in York County Prison. And during that time period, I met a Jehovah Witness.
0: That's in uh, Pennsylvania, correct?
1: Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. And most of the jail time that I've done in my life has stemmed from the most minor infractions, from you know, a dirty urine for a failed drug test or, you know, a stolen pair of insoles from Walmart.
0: (laughs) Gotcha. Okay. You know,
1: like just very stupid stuff that, you know, happens to you when you're wrapped up in a drug addiction. Got Um, it. You know, I never really had any serious uh, charges. Not that 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 would even matter, but just to put things into context, Mm -hmm. I did six – I had a six to 23-month sentence for something – that I was originally on a year of probation for. So anyway, during that time, I met this Jehovah witness. And anytime prior to that, if you would have said, you know, about the Bible, I would have not even opened the book, I would have just been like, you know, you're just one of those religious people. Because, you know, when you go into these jails and institutions, you'll see a lot of people reading the Bible. And you'd be like, Oh, now that you're uh, in jail and locked up, you want to read the Bible, you know, like now you're a Bible or preaching, <laughs> when you're locked up. But where, where were you? Cause that's what they'd say. You weren't doing that out on the street, you know, and that's the of gotcha. mentality that you hear when you go into these institutions. So anyway, I was kind of in this uh, institution where I was um, put on a smaller block where it was, you know, for mental people that had mental problems and during that time i met this jehovah witness and i just kept asking him questions and questions and during that time i just dived into the bible deep 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 dive into the bible and during that time that set the foundation for all these questions that i had And I want people to understand that just because I dived into the Bible doesn't mean that I got any divine revelation. And and, and Spirit wasn't helping me. So I want to make this clear that I was kind of just going at it for this investigative purpose. And I was just very adamant about finding my own personal answers. The divine revelation came after much later, when I got released, and I was trying to better my life, I finally came to a point where I surrendered. I got down on my hands and knees. And I basically made a declaration that I could not just I couldn't do it anymore alone. Up until this point, I tried to do all these things all by myself, figure out the nature of reality, figure out the universe, try to understand what happened to me during that psychic break from reality. And I just didn't get it. I couldn't understand it. It was so incomprehensible that it drove me mad. It drove me so actually- So you were still
0: struggling against it and to figure it out all on your own, even though it yeah. was a- uh- even, was, even though you had a spiritual experience, you weren't sure exactly where to go from or what to do from there. You had no frame of reference to even right. be able to navigate through it.
1: That's correct. So, that, that, um, the, so just to give a general, I guess, timeline, um, in the last video, you asked me, you know, well, when was that, the spiritual break from reality? And that's when I was 21. That's what started this whole thing. That's what set the, set the ball in motion. My, my life was never the same after that. There was, there was never normalcy. There was never a period of time that I had peace, that I had any stability or anything. Up until just recently, within the last um, two years, I finally felt peace for the first time in my life. And I'm 35 years old. And the point that I just mentioned where I surrendered where I surrendered to spirit and, you know, I got down on my hands and knees and basically said, like, I can't do this. I can't do it anymore. Like, I just, I can't. I'm tired. I'm broken down. I'm, you know, this is, and and previous to this, I've spent five years of my life locked up in institutions and mental hospitals and, you know, and I never asked for help. I, I never asked for help. I didn't know how to ask for help. That wasn't something that was instilled in me. I came, my dad was an Italian guy and he was very, came from that old school mentality of you tighten up your bootstraps and you just work and you just get it done. And, and that was my mentality. It was, it was, you have to do it all. You got to support yourself. You have to do it all. And, you know, and that, that was, that was who I kind of was. And, and, for me to get down and kind of surrender like that was huge. It was a huge thing. Um, I want to say like I had I had faith that things were going to work out. I had no idea what I was doing. I just got down on my <laughs> knees and I was just like, you know, if if there, you know, because I knew that God existed. I knew I had that ultimate experience, that spiritual experience. But what I want to make clear is that I had no relationship with God or with Christ or with like the angelic realm, I didn't, you know, I experienced this awesome state of enlightenment, but yet I had no personal spirituality. I had no personal religious practice. And um, yeah, so I do want to make that clear, even with all that um, studying I did with reading the Bible that eventually what happened is I just got down and I asked for help. And I guess that's what I wanted to tell people is that if you want help in your life, that you have to ask for help, you know, yes, due to our free will. Right. And so yeah, my life changed then when I started to ask for help. That was about four years ago. And after I did that, I just started to do the next right thing. The next right thing. People might say, Well, how did you go about doing all this? How did this all come together? And it was an everyday battle. It was just, I kept doing the next right thing.
0: And right. eventually,
1: yeah. those right things, you know, um, over the course of years, it took me to get out of this massive hole and this massive mountain <laughs> of wreckage. Um, but yeah, it was just doing the next right thing, the next right thing and rinse and repeat and, you know, kicked and screamed most of the way through all of it.
0: (laughs) Right, right, right. So then now you have your own YouTube channel. You have, um, you know, you, you're under, uh, you know, you're getting coaching to, um, I mean, you're about to be the next, uh, who's your coach, Victor Otto.
1: Victor Odo, yeah. Odo,
0: yeah. You're about to be – and it was funny. I, let me tell you a story. I was coming back. I picked up my daughter from um, Newark Airport. She went on vacation, so I drove from – it's about an hour and a half from where I live in Poughkeepsie, New York, to Newark, New Jersey. And we're talking, and she pulls up. She's like, okay, Mom, here, you got to listen to this. And prior to us talking, I've never heard of Victor Otto. She, and who did she pull up? She, I was like, oh, my gosh, the guy I interviewed for my podcast is, you know.
1: That's he, awesome. You know,
0: that's his mentor who's, yeah. And I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> that's awesome. But you're totally on that path because you're so inspiring. I know um, ever since I met you, I felt that sense of, um, Someone who's on a higher spiritual plane and on this path of enlightenment and committed to helping other people to um, to reach that enlightenment and what responsibility or what do you think that entails that now that you've now that you've gotten to this point that you're in in your life like where where do you go from here like what happens now
1: well I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because that was one of the things that I wanted to talk about today was this whole idea of life purpose and the meaning of life and all of these things that you always hear about like that God has a purpose for you. And it sounds it sounds kind of silly if you don't have a spiritual life or if you don't have anyone that is religious or that has yeah, a relationship. Yeah, but the thing,
0: Corey. I feel like everybody's on that life purpose, whether they have a spiritual – because everybody wants to be happy. Yeah. Everybody wants a relationship. Like everybody's really honestly out there looking for their purpose yeah. out there. But they just don't have – like how you didn't have that frame of reference of having any spiritual background or right. that you're having a spiritual awakening. I feel like we're, that we're all on it whether we realize it or not.
1: That's so true. (laughs) That's so true that you have that perspective. That is a higher perspective. And I know, you know, you have a personal relationship with God and that is spirit has illuminated you to these higher truths. And I would call this divine revelation where by the spirit of truth or the Holy Spirit, you've been able to see that. But most people don't have that because they don't have a personal relationship or they're not receiving divine revelation because divine revelation is given from the action that you take and based upon your faith and your responsibility. So spirit is giving you these revelations because now you're in a position to help others and give back. It's like a two way street. So my life purpose now after experiencing all of these things, I realize that my life purpose is what I want in my life, and it is my life purpose is what is ultimately going to make me happy. And that life purpose is my purpose from God. Like you said, whether I realize that or not, after all this time, I'm like my life purpose is what's going to give me ultimate meaning. And for me, that was taking this whole experience and flipping it into a positive light because until I did that, it was all negative. You know, you're a drug addict, you're a criminal, you know, you dropped out of college, all these things. And if I would have let those determine my the rest of my life, I would be, I would be miserable. I'd probably be dead. Um, I probably won't be here speaking to you right now. I want to make it very clear that, to paint a, a vivid picture at my worst point, I was you know shooting like forty bags of heroin a day, so like I should be dead um, quite frankly, so like I do joke around now, and I am kind of upbeat, but it was like very dark and very like the the person I am now compared to like that other person is is drastically different, like in my core i 'm still the same, but my uh, whole nature has changed and my life purpose has come from all of this. So people say, you know, about everything happens for a reason. And I truly embrace that because that's how that perspective is how I was able to take full responsibility for my life. Embracing that perspective. I thought to myself, well, if this all happened for a reason, then it had to happen for my highest good it yes. had to have happened for me to overcome these challenges and they say like god doesn't give you more than you can't handle and i used to like hate that saying i'm like oh that's that's bull crap, <laughs> you know like you know and uh but until i embraced that and i i had to that was the only way out of all this was to put a positive spin on that and people will say like they label drug addicts. Like, oh, well, you're an addict. Once an addict, always an addict. You always hear these things in AA. And I was never the one that was like, once an addict, always an addict. I didn't really agree with that because I thought that it shed negative light on the person and it labeled them just like I was labeled bipolar. And I thought that that was bad. So um, I read this awesome book. It was called Sacred Contracts. And it and it divides your life up into these archetypes and one of my archetypes was an addict and you had to show how being an addict was a good thing so an example of this would be like the person that's addicted to working out and you know that's that's a good thing even though it's an addiction so it's like once you reframe how you look at these negative aspects of your life you can transcend how you look at yourself and then it's you know it's on to the the next guy's
0: the limit Corey. (laughs) (laughs) that's what i wanted to say sky is the limit that is awesome i just wanted to um just touch base about you know since you talked about at your lowest where you were at um in your drug addiction do you think that part of that was you had this spiritual awakening or you had this experience, right? The psychic break from reality. You had no context or no framework upon which to uh, integrate yourself to where you are now and that this road took you there or were you trying to numb out or were you trying to um, cope with it? Because how do you go from being a normal 21 year old to all of a sudden your whole life is flipped upside down and Okay, life is never the same. You can't look at it the same. But then you're be, all these labels from the outside are being placed on you. But in deep in your heart, you know that there's more to you. You know, like can you talk a little bit more about that?
1: Sure, sure. It was it was probably the best and worst thing that happened to me. So to clarify, I went through one week of this spiritual enlightenment where everything was just great. I was still going to class. Then I had extreme paranoia, lack of sleep. And then, um, you know, I got put into the mental hospital. I was in there for like a month and a half. Upon release, they, you know, I was on heavy duty tranquilizers, heavy duty drugs. And quickly thereafter, I was on the medication for like, you know, a month and a half, two months, I started to just feel horrible. And, you know, the doctors said I would get depressed, but, was this a natural thing that happened or was it from the brain altering drugs that they gave me? Like, I never thought of, I just thought, Oh, well, the doctors know best, you know, I'll listen to these people and take the drugs. Like, but now I look back on it and I'm like, well, of course you got depressed. You were on like, um, they gave me drugs to stop my neurons and my brain from firing. It was a drug called Lamictal. It's an anti-epilepsy medication and it stops your brain from firing. So, so I'm like, after much evaluation, I was like, well, of course, of course you were depressed. Like you were a zombie. And um, you know, my, my parents would stop in. And by the way, this was devastating to my family. They had no idea what was going on. Um, they would show up and they would look into my eyes and there would just be no light. It was It was like I was hollow, like I was dead. Um, it was It was really scary, and I would pass out um, you know on a couch, like they would be talking to me, and I would just fade out of reality, and it would feel like I was falling fall, falling down a deep, dark pit. and when I'd get to the bottom of the pit, it was almost as if I was going to die. I know this sounds crazy, but this is what I was experiencing. I would fall out of reality and I would fall into these trances where I would feel like I was going to die. Um, and was I this was, on the
0: medication, when you were on the medication?
1: Yeah, it was on the, I was on the medication. This was a period of time over the course of a year where I was um, severely depressed. I dropped out of school. I was on limited work duty at the restaurant that I worked at. I'd only worked for three hours for dinner and the owner and the manager agreed to this to help me out the best that they could. And I just was really super depressed. When I mean super depressed, I mean I would chain smoke cigarettes and just sit on my couch looking out the window. I had no energy. I had anxiety attacks going to get the mail I wouldn't want to leave the apartment. I'd have extreme bouts of fear just overtake my being during the afternoon for no reason at all. Right. There was no laughing, no joy. And that's
0: why I wanted to talk about this because this is what, you know, somebody, I don't want someone to just, okay, he was doing, you know, all this heroin and just think that you weren't suffering before this all, ha- you know, as this oh, progressed, yeah. you know, like there's, there's a, you know, like, okay, this, you went through this and then went to this and then you're here. Yes you know there's there you were going through this stuff you were suffering
1: and that was before yeah i'm glad you brought that up because yeah that was before i started to self medicate this happened right. way before i was on heroin and um like like i was mentioning this deep dark depression i really I really reached a place where I realized why people committed suicide. And I was at that place. I was, if I was um, going to live the rest of my life like that, if that was going to be the rest of my life, I was going to kill myself. Because after a year of being in that state, I thought, this is horrible. Like, this is horrible. Like, my waking reality was a nightmare. The only thing I looked forward to was going to sleep at night because in my dream state i could live and in my dream state i would like live life in my dreams and yes.
0: my wake son up, went through that cory my son i did a podcast with him and he went through anorexia and depression and he would he couldn't wait to go to sleep yeah you know, for the same exact reasons that you're talking about. And he's one of the most spiritually enlightened beings I've ever met. He's amazing. And he's overcome (laughs) that. And that's what I'm talking about is that, you know, we go through these things and at the time uh, it seems like there's no, no light. Right. And a lot of people don't make it out. A lot of people do commit suicide before they get to this side of it.
1: You're right. You're right. And I've never, you know, publicly said any of this information, by the way, this isn't something that I share on my YouTube channel or have shared anywhere else, but I'm sharing now only because I'm comfortable with who I am now, today. I have a strong faith and relationship with God that no matter what happens, I know that I I will be like a rock. I mean, I have this foundation. It's an unshakable knowing that no matter what happens, I will be able to overcome it. Parti- and that's partially why I'm sharing this now. I wouldn't be able to share this information like this um, with, without this faith because I'd be, I'd be fearful. I'd be scared. I'd be like, oh, well, what are people going to think? Or, right. you know, like just, yeah. just having this fear like of, um, you know, sharing the truth, I guess you could say. And I think that people don't often make it out of these places because don't. we don't have enough people that know anybody in the remote vicinity that has experienced this or has talked about it publicly. Exactly. So part of my program that I have set up is so people can, part of the life, when I say life coaching, it it's... It's that's what we as a society are calling this right. life coaching. But it, it's it's more of a transformational approach to spiritual awakening. It's for people that are going through an awakening process that don't know what is going on. And I do recognize that most of these people that really need my help probably aren't in a place of financial stability where they could afford to to um take on the services of this type of coach. But nonetheless, I have it set up there and relatively priced at coming from this understanding that, you know, of where people are. So of you know, of course I can't just do this yeah, for Yeah, but Corey, free. what
0: you we'll talk about that too, but I just want to tell you just by coming on my podcast, and this is free. There you cannot underestimate the power of knowing that you're not alone. There's someone out there that's going to hear your story and realize that like, Oh man, if he made it, I can make it. Right. You know, so there's something, there's value in that. And that's, that's just the most amazing thing. But just going back to, um, your um, transformation, spiritual awakening, um, in terms of your business at your model that you have right now, what, um, if they did want to find you and get some coaching from you, how would they go about doing that?
1: Yeah. So, uh, Awakengrowth.com is the website that I have been working on, and I am independently doing this by myself as just me, Corey, small business owner. It's all, this is all new to me, and I started working on awakengrowth.com about two years ago with the mentorship help of Victor Odo and Aaron Dougherty. They launched this program called Full-Time Purpose, which I enrolled in. Um, before that, I was coached by Victor Odo personally. I was one of his last uh, one of his last one on one
0: that 's amazing that
1: he coached. I was just very fortunate to have that experience and you know that 's why I say everything happens for a reason because, like I mentioned here previously i wouldn 't I wouldn't have been able to afford victor 's services if i wasn 't living at my parents if i wasn 't on a probation tale of five years if I yeah, didn't man. recently do that time in York County prison. So all of those bad things led to me being into a position to be able to afford an awakening coach. And that was huge. That was huge. Because did I absolutely need the coaching? No. But because I did take that, it was like the universe, the universe was like, okay, he's taking this. He wants it. All right, we're going to give it to him. Right. And Victor's guidance that he gave me was coming from the spiritual realm. He's a, he's an energetic intuitive. That's what he does. And keep in mind, I I was like, this is crazy. (laughs) I was was like, I was like, this is wild. Like, I'm still kind of that like egocentric uh, football player, party type of person. I'm not, you know, I'm still resistant to this type of stuff. Like I'm not, even today, I hear myself talk sometime and I'm like, Who is
0: that? Like, who (laughs) is that guy? Like, who's talking right right now? (laughs)
1: Right. Like, what, what, who's talking? Like, what is going on here? And, um, and I know that that's how this stuff is coming from spirit. It's, it's not, it's not me. You know, I can bring my own wisdom and life experience into this, but ultimately, there is a spirit at work here. And, and that's the Holy Spirit that is enabling me to help others using my life as a context, but right. then also enabling me to, you know, discern like what is true, what is false. And as a spiritual teacher, that's what I do. That's also what I do in my coaching programs. So you can go to awakengrowth.com. You can click on the coaching tab. There's a form that comes up and it will talk about like where you are in your life, what help do you need. And then what I do as an energy intuitive, what that's just a fancy word for Having your spirit and your being living this righteous life, I have, uh, you know, enabled myself to get clear guidance from spirit. And if I direct that energy to a person that's telling me what's going on in their life, the spirit of truth or the Holy Spirit or however you want to look at it, an angel, however you want to look at it, I can get inner guidance that enables me to help that person that doesn't have that relationship with spirit. That's not receiving clear guidance that needs direction in their life. Me as someone that has gone through the journey. So
0: Basically you could help somebody who was like, you could help that 21 year old.
1: Yes. My former. You know yes. No.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could definitely, you have that. You could help someone who doesn't know, they feel like they're being drawn maybe to something higher or something, something is missing in their life, but you could help them discern what they need to do moving forward.
1: What they need to focus on the program that I, that I created. So Victor, while I was coaching with Victor, he was like, yeah, he's like, you're gonna, you know, you're going to follow in my footsteps and do what I'm doing. And I was like, yeah, I don't think so, man. Right,
0: because you don't—you're not seeing yourself like Victor's seeing you, and that's what's interesting is that people speak into <laughs> our lives. I, I, yeah, I know. I just got out of this uh, podcasting class, you know, and you know, I had to do personal vlogs, and people are like, "You're a natural." You're, I'm like, "No, I'm not." Right. Right. <laughs> so yeah, so Victor Otto, so people see things in us that we can't see, but and. Cool. uh yeah, so he's telling you this. So go right ahead. I'm so sorry. No, he's,
1: so he's telling me that. And I'm like, you know, at this point, I had a small inclination that I was going to do YouTube. But, you know, I mean, in, I'm into Volkswagen cars, you know, so I'm thinking like my egoic material guy self I'm like oh well I'll, I'll do a YouTube channel on cars and I'll just ride around in my Jetta and and like you know, shoot my YouTube channel about cars like and know. it
0: is a very cool Jetta I must say oh, you guys well, haven't thanks. seen it but he does have a very cool Jetta <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so um and then you know Victor was like you know you're you're gonna do you know you'll have this channel on spiritual awakening if you so choose to do that and up until that point, I was like, I could never do YouTube and talk about spiritual awakening. Like, who am I? Like, who, who am I to launch this YouTube Right. That's that
0: imposter it? syndrome that they talk about, right? Like, who, what do I have to give? Right. Who am I? Um,
1: yeah. Like, I mean, the imposter syndrome, I've heard of that imposter syndrome. And um, for me, I think the imposter syndrome from my understanding is, like once you get up and going, then feeling like you're an imposter because you don't have the authority. Um, But for me, I didn't really have like, I guess the quote unquote imposter syndrome. It was just very much a lack of confidence in myself and my experience and everything. I had a low self-esteem, lack of confidence. And I just was like, and that came from that defeatist mindset. That came from, Um, a lack of faith, you know, that came from a lack of my divine life purpose, my mission, because up until then I didn't have those things. I mean, I did, I had a little, I had faith, but it wasn't as strong as it needed to be. But as soon as Victor was like, yeah, you should do this. Then that's when you know you're close to finding your life purpose. When you encounter huge amounts of fear doubt, uh, just, you know, when you encounter those things, that's a great sign, because that's pushing you outside of your comfort zone. That's pushing you. That is so true. And that's what stops most people. Most people will reach that point, and then they will turn around, or they'll just consistently live out a miserable life.
0: Yep, that is so true, because I know just in my life, even just with starting the podcast, I was so scared during the process. And it's turned out to be, and I'm so glad that I pushed past that fear because it's turned out to be the most amazing, wonderful experience where I'm getting to engage with people in the world in like so much, so many different ways. And I'm getting all these amazing insights into, you know, where I should be going and focusing my energies moving forward and finding out what my life purpose is.
1: So, um,
0: Corey, Thank you so much for this, uh, interview, uh, part two. Now, remember you did say on, um, part one that you would come for three, four. So I think every yeah. time I'm going to be like, come back for more. Yeah.
1: We can always do, we can always do another podcast for sure. I, I have multiple projects that I, that I'm working on, but you know, I love you, Maria. So I will. I
0: love you too, Corey. You're the best. I mean, I'll
1: definitely do some more in the future.
0: Definitely. Definitely. And where, so say it again, where they can find you.
1: Uh, my website is awakengrowth.com. And from there you can find my YouTube channel. I do daily Instagram posts and I also have some visionary artwork that is linked up through there too. You can find all of that though, from my awakengrowth.com. Uh, there's a YouTube channel that I do. I do energy updates. I do, um, three videos, usually a week talking about spirituality and the awakening. And it's coming from a universal perspective. I mean, my background is you could say Judaic Christian, my faith, you know, in the angelic and stuff stems from that. But this is this is for everybody. It's for everyone. The the YouTube channel is that perspective that I bring is for wherever you're at, it can help you, whether you think you're spiritual, whether you don't believe in God, it talks about real life stuff, how you can actually formulate a plan of action based upon these spiritual it's concepts. It's tangible.
0: Yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's what we need. We need to know what we need to do next, what we need to do moving forward. So Corey, thank you so much. And uh, I want to say namaste. <laughs> namaste. All, right. All right, Corey, you take care. We'll right. talk to you soon. Thank you so much.